Hello and welcome to Court Games, a podcast for the Legend of the Five Rings community, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. All right, we are continuing a previous session. We are talking about the lore of the Empire. I am Kikita Kaori. And I'm Kovar. And we are going to be speaking about the very beginnings of the Empire, and including some of the the deep history of um, how the world and the universe got created. So uh, buckle yourselves in, and uh, we're going to get <laughs> ourselves started. All right. So um, first, Rokugan has a creation myth that it has used. That it is important to note that, in fact, Rokugan doesn't just have one creation myth. Like many real-life cultures, it's got several creation myths, depending on where it's coming from and who you're talking to and, frankly, who's writing for the uh, story team at the time and what stories they wanted to tell. So we're not going to talk about all of them. We're going to try and focus on what seems most relevant to where we are in 5th edition. There has been a move in 5th edition that all lore is true until proven otherwise. <laughs> prior to prior to the you know, beginning of the 5th edition storyline. So we are working with the assumption that the old lore is mostly true until we hear otherwise. And then when it changes, you can know we were wrong. <laughs> All right. In the beginning, there was nothing. And the nothing became aware. And when it became aware, it became aware of its own nothingness, of its own uh, emptiness and its loneliness, because that was all that it exists. And for the first time, it knew the emotion of fear, because it was alone. In that fear, it came to desire companionship, so that it was no longer alone. Out of this desire, it created gods, the god of fear, the god of desire. And when it had done so, it realized that it was no longer alone and regretted its decision thus creating the third sin and the third god. Out of these three gods was something that was not nothing. And these gods chose, early in the beginning, to give up their names, fear, desire, and regret, to create divine beings called Amaterasu and Onatagu to create a world in which the nothing could be pushed away. And that created the sun and moon. Amaterasu was a beautiful maiden of the sun who brought her light to the world. And Onatagu was a powerful warrior and he pursued her through the skies and wished to be her partner. And together the two walked the earth, and named all things. So as they gave names to things, they made it into being. And that's how you got the earth and all the stuff yep. stuff on, on the earth, uh, including out, formed out of the chaos that was had been the nothing. Uh, there were five elder races. 
Yeah, very little is known about them in modern times, so we're not going to go into a huge amount of detail. But they were linked to the five elements. We had the Zokujin, who are from the Earth. We had the Tengu, also known as the Kenku, who are from air. Uh, the Trolls, who are to do with fire. The Ningyo, water. And the Kitsu, void. And they had their civilizations and their their lives and things like that. Uh, but they rose and fell. Other creatures may have risen and fallen, like the the Naga and the Nizumi. But uh, that is all ancient stuff before the coming of people. Meanwhile, the sun and the moon had their own children. Yes, he eventually caught her. They say in Rokugan that when it's an eclipse, the moon yep. catches the sun. And so every eclipse or so, uh, we ended up with Hida, Doji, Takashi, Okodo, Shiba, Bayushi, Fuleng, and Hantei. And potentially one other. Actually, this is confirmed in new, new lore. Ryoshin. Yeah, he's not, he's not very well known. So they had 10 children. And uh, these, these children lived in the heavens with Onatagu and Amaterasu. And it ended up that Amaterasu doted upon her children. And that was well and good, but Onitagu was jealous. Yes, he was jealous and decided that he must get rid of the children so that he could have Amaterasu all to himself. And so one by one, he caught them and swallowed them. And Amaterasu, obviously not being a particular fan of this, um, and, and afraid for her children, uh, she came up with a plan, which was that every time that he would swallow one of the children, she would give him sake to drink so that uh, he would be more and more the worse for wear. And she hid her last child, Hante, and instead gave him a stone. But he was so drunk that he didn't notice. Hante was then kept and raised in, in secret and was trained by the celestial dragons until he was old enough and powerful enough to challenge his father. And during the mighty battle amongst the heavens, Onatangu's stomach was cut open and the, the remaining children of the sun and the moon fell out and fell to earth, as did Hante. So in that, in that battle, uh, all, all of the children of Onatangu fell to earth. Ryoshin, who we mentioned, had died in the process of being eaten or during the years that followed. But the others still lived, and they fell to earth. One of the children, Fu Lang, grabbed at Hante as he was falling and pulled him down into earth with them. And this caused Fu Lang to fall into a different place than the other kami. He was frightened, and his sin caused him to fall straight through the earth into Jikoku. Meanwhile, the the tears of Amaterasu and the blood of Lord Moon, uh, Jade and Obsidian, respectively, they mixed together and, in some strange way, made people on the earth. Although, strangely, the people had been there for quite some time when the remaining eight gods landed on Seppen Hill. Uh, time is often a bit strange when you move between realms. It's mythology. It all works. <laughs> yeah, I like the imagery that it has with uh, the tears of Amaterasu being pure goodness and sacrifice and virtue 
so pure that it can purify the uh, you know p- powers of hell, which is what Jikoku is, and obsidian being born of Onitagu's sin of wrath and uh, fear and jealousy. And so human beings are a combination of virtue and sin, because they are a mix of jade and obsidian. That is the case. So you have these eight children of the sun and moon landing on Earth and becoming part of the mortal world and thus uh, subject to the mortal world. And they lose a certain amount of their divinity. But they see the people around them, and they decide that they should bring culture and wisdom to these people that they have found, and that they determine that they must have one of them as the leader above all the rest. And they had a tournament to try and decide who would lead everyone. And this is the first tournament. And gradually, each of the the eight children of the sun and the moon, they all fought one another, except Togashi, who just... Uh, stood aside. Well, one of them didn't. One of them wasn't there. He was busy in Jikoku because he had fallen straight through. And the order in which they fell was actually uh, considered very... It's, it's a thing that comes up a lot um, as as the order in the clan. So Hida fell to Shinjo. Uh, Shinjo fell to Bushi. Bushi fell to Shiba. Uh, Shiba fell to Doji. Doji fell to Akodo. And then Hante and Akodo fought, and Hante won, which is why Hante is the emperor, and all the other seven founded the great clans as they went out upon the human population and gathered followers and founded the great clans. And that is how the empire was founded. Right. And we will talk about the great clans in future podcasts and how each one of those was really founded, because it's all based on the personality of this kami who who founded them. But uh, the important thing is that so the the kami went out, they gathered followers around themselves. Meanwhile, Fulang was becoming corrupted by Jikoku and he clawed his way out to the surface of Jikoku and he wanted to join his brothers and he went to them and he challenged Hante saying, I didn't participate in this tournament that founded the, you know, that founded your empire. I deserve the right to join. And Hante then said, well, Togashi did not fight the tournament. You can fight Togashi. And Togashi, I believe, said, all right, we will challenge uh, Fulang. And my weapon is going to be all of the people of the empire, a challenge which Fulang accepted. And he brought all of his armies of hell that he had been living with and dealing with for a massive attack upon the empire. Yep, this is often called the First War. Yes, and so much of the gathering of the peoples of Rokugan by the Kami was actually in response to what is going on in the First War and trying to bring people together to combat 
that. The Kami Fulang brought the army's fourth and was very successful despite temporary temporary victories. And something had to be done to fight against them. And so while they were sitting in their despair, a little old man came up to Hante. And uh, he they, they tried to keep him off, but he easily batted aside all the forces that they put against him. So he went right up to Hante and said, I need some people. We are going to go fight the Kami Fulang because heaven favors the mortal man, not you, Kami. Regular people are going to be the ones to defeat Fulang. And so Hante was very impressed with this old man's wisdom, and he sat down and talked to him for a long time. And the writings and notes of their discussion that Sheba wrote down became what is called in the empire the Tao. And the little old man's name was Shinsei. And the a lot of, this is the beginning of Shinseism and beginning of part of you know, the way the religion of the empire uh, was formed. After that, Shinsei went out. He chose one mortal from each of the seven great clans. And he took them deep into the Shadowlands to fight Fulang, and that is a story for another day. But they were successful, although many, many lives were lost, and the Empire was saved, and that was a thousand years ago. I'm absolutely certain that nothing bad like that will ever happen again. <laughs> that first day that they fought with Shinsei was called the Day of Thunder, and the people he summoned were called the Thunders, people with the Heart of Thunder. So we hear references to that within the lore uh, in the RPG. And uh, things like that will never, ever happen again, of course. But it's only been a exactly a thousand years. <laughs> Absolutely. And so it's been a thousand years of peace since then. And this is when the story of Legend of the Five Rings, as we know it, starts. Now, those thousand years of peace haven't necessarily all been peaceful, comparatively peaceful. Um, but they call it a thousand years of peace because Hante has great press. Yep. And I suspect we will be dealing with uh, some of those little bits of history here and there as we talk about the individual great clans. But from the point of view of a new samurai starting their adventures in Rokugan, it has been a thousand years of peace the the thunders were great mighty heroes from an, from a great long time ago and the shadowlands forms the the threat that the crab keep from everyone else and the the knowledge and wisdom of the founders of the great clans the children of the sun and the moon still keep rokugan as as civilized and and a place worth saving indeed and the wisdom of shinsei is remembered for what he did in terms of gathering the thunders, uh, and everybody studies the Tao except the lion, uh, who, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, that is the primary, one of the two primary religions of the empire. So we will probably someday do an episode actually talking about religion specifically. But it's it's important to know that the Tao is this uh, 
the source of wisdom for the clans and who Shinsei was. And that is the story of the founding of the Empire up until the First War and the Day of Thunder. So what do you think of that as an origin story for the Empire, Kovar? It, it's pretty impressive. Um, you can see that there are some subtle references to, say, Greek mythology in there, but uh, also quite a bit of, of Eastern mythologies. And it certainly sets up the big players for the kind of things that your characters might come across as they play through, or the kind of things that your characters may come through if you're writing stories in the Emerald Empire. Yes, I think it's important to know that it's not... It doesn't have to be really what happened. Yeah, yeah. the main things are the seven gods showed up on Seppen Hill. That's pretty much historical. People wrote that down. (laughs) Um, But how they got there, why they got there, there's a lot of room for debate. So as, as you play different variations of the RPG, you can have this be super concrete. Everybody knows exactly what happened. And it's all written in your version of the Tao of Sensei along with everything, Sensei along with everything else and have it be very well known. That's, that's certainly a take you can go. Or you can have this be very mythological, very, uh, very distant and, uh, not intimately touching people's lives at all, uh, in any way other than, you know, our own modern day creation stories that we have touch our lives as all. Oh, that's a nice story. Yes, of course we believe it. Yeah, we don't really believe it. But <laughs> but, but we believe it because we're good samurai and, and we're supposed to. And people have indeed run games where um, a different kami won the first tournament. So what would Rokugan be like if Togashi won the first tournament? What would uh, it would be like if... Akodo won the first tournament. These are all interesting places for you to go, if that's something that interests you. Yeah, a lot of campaigns seem to go with the very concrete version of this. Uh... I have to say, role-playing games do tend to. We do tend to do that. It's like, yeah, that's it's true, because otherwise we'd have to think more. <laughs> it's too hard. No, it's all true. That's easier. It's all true. <laughs> But uh, Sapun Hill is a place that you will find in Rokugan. It's in the heart of Odasanuchi, and Odasanuchi is built around it because that is the first place that the kami, not called Fulang, set foot when they landed in the Emperor. It's super, super holy. Mm. So with that, we're going to call. Uh, we're going to bring this one to a close. And I, I do hope this was uh, useful and informative for you. Uh, we would actually quite like to ask if you could, if you are enjoying the show, uh, please let us know. Any reviews, any feedback, anything like that on, you know, anywhere you get your, your podcast from, that's really, really helpful. It's one of those things that helps people find the podcast. And so if there are other people who you think might like it, it's really it's it's the best way to get the word out there and let the various algorithms that govern these things know that people would like to hear about it. So anything you want to do that would be really lovely. 
And we would thank you very, very much if you could do that. Yeah, we're still a new podcast, and uh, we're trying to get the word out that we exist. Uh, Thank you for taking the time. You can also find us on Twitter at Court Games Pod, which is also how you can shout us out on Discord. And you can please, you know, ask any questions of us on Discord. That would be great. Um, This is Kikita Kaori. That's it for us this week. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Kova. And until next time, keep your jade handy.